0: Please take your seats for you. G'day everyone. Welcome to another episode of Two in the Bat, where we delve into numerous sporting topics across Australia and also across the globe. In this episode, we're going to give you a cheeky nibble. My name's Jack and I'm sadly not joined by good mate and fellow sporting diehard Gus Gus Bus, nor am I joined by our very marvellous and charismatic producer, in producer Frey. Um, unfortunately being in lockdown within Brisbane, we are miles apart, but that has not stopped us from getting some podcasts to the listeners. Um Okay, so we've had a really good chat from Gus previous to this podcast about our Olympic basketball hopes in the Boomers and also the Opals of which are going to be playing this evening, so Tuesday night, not quite sure what time, you'll have to go back and listen to that podcast from Gus, um, but I'm going to be delving into a topic which is a very common topic within the sporting world, um, but more importantly within the tennis world. And it's the GOAT debate within the the big three. Um, Previous to this podcast, myself, Gus, and producer Frey have had our GOAT trilogy where we listed, talked about some of the best athletes, the greatest athletes of all time across all disciplines. So the likes of Muhammad Ali, Kelly Slater, Michael Jordan, Kobe, Phelps, Bolt, etc., Within this, one of the biggest debates we had and we continue to have is the greatest of all time on the men's tennis circuit, Roger, Rafa or Novak. Now, all three players are on 20 grand slams, only Rafa holding a gold medal, Roger coming to the back end of his career, also Rafa and Djokovic being the youngest of the three. We all know Rafa. 13 French Open crowns. uh, A few Australian Opens in there. A couple US Opens and also a Wimbledon. Roger Federer being extremely dominant at Wimbledon. Taking out 8 titles. 5 US. 6 Australian Open. And the infamous French Open title. Against Robin Sodling. Djokovic is the only player out of the 3 to win all of the slams. At least twice. Which is quite remarkable. Now... If Djokovic goes on to win another slam, for me, he will go down as undisputedly the greatest tennis player of our era. Numbers don't lie in this. However, will he go down as the greatest of all time, the GOAT? Now, before I rip into this topic, I want to mention what I believe are certain criteria that a GOAT has to meet. And I've listed five of them. I've come up with five criteria, the first being team or individual accomplishments, the second being the impact on their sport, so things that they've done to change the way the sport's been played, the third is their personal statistics, the fourth being the longevity of success, and the fifth being their effect outside their sport. Now, it's very hard for an athlete to tick all these boxes, but if they do, for me, they should definitely be considered one of the greatest of all time within their discipline. Now, this links a little bit to our goat chat within the Chew and the Bat podcast we had uh, probably a couple months ago now where we talked about a vibe goat and also a resume goat. And within that, we separated the two um, in order to get the best vibe goats and the best resume goats out there. Now, my thinking for the overall goat debate is that the GOAT has to encompass both vibe and resume, of which uh, the five criteria are listed. Um, So for those a bit confused about my idea here, um, I wanna give some examples of where athletes are considered the greatest of all time or the GOAT within their discipline, but they're not exactly, they don't exactly showcase Um, their best statistics within the sport. So first being Serena Williams. Unbelievable. A goat on the ladies' side of um, the tennis calendar is with 23 grand slams. However, it's not the most. One behind Margaret Court. Now, I believe Margaret Court gets a little bit looked over here. Well, a lot looked over for her antics and her comments away from the tennis scene in the LGBT community. So comments within that, which I won't delve into were very controversial, of which she actually got her court at Melbourne Park for the Australian Open, the name taken away. So we no longer have Margaret Court Arena. Another athlete, Kobe Bryant. Um, obviously, unbelievable statistics within his career. Not the best statistics. There's still a lot of players above him, MJ, Wilt, etc. However, the things that he done, that he did on the court, Hands away from the game bumped him up the GOAT debate. Um, And lastly, another one, I could go on with many different athletes, but another prominent one is Muhammad Ali. 56 wins, 5 losses, an unbelievable statistical career, but it's not the best. Floyd Mayweather with 50 50 wins and 0 professional losses. Unbelievable. But once again, Floyd's antics away from the boxing ring. And his persona and the way he goes about things. I think he gets overlooked a little bit. And I believe Muhammad Ali, with his being very vocal within the, acti- um, uh, the civil rights activists and the things that he did away from the boxing ring, made him the greatest of all time. Now, let's get back to the big three on the men's tennis scene. Um, so statistically, all three of them speak for themselves. However, let's focus on the fifth point of my GOAT criteria, which is their effect outside of the sport. And also delve a little bit on their attitudes and what they do um, within their profession and on court. Now, what I'm about to highlight with Djokovic does not come with hate, or maybe a little, but it comes in mere frustration of the idiotic and stupid things he's done in the past to tarnish unfortunately tarnish his gut reputation for me um, firstly Djokovic you know he's been extremely controversial in the way he goes about things on court I do agree for the majority of his career he's extremely good mentally especially in big Grand Slam matches where he his fight, his, his, his attitude for the most part is quite good, hence being number one in the world. However, his actions and demeanor on court sometimes are seen as brat-like, in quotation marks, not from me, and aggressive, especially towards umpires. For example, there have been a few times in his career where he's had a few huge, huge meltdowns, which I don't know if you would see from Rafa and Roger. We have seen Roger smash a racket recently. I believe it was about four or five years ago. Out of nowhere, he didn't show any anger or frustrated frustrations leading up to that racket smash, smashed it, and I don't think we've seen anything from him since. Rafa on the other hand, I can't even remember if we've seen a racket smash from Rafa. I don't know if Uncle Tony would kill him if he did that. Jeez. Um Anyway, Djokovic, of late, he had a meltdown against Verve in the Australian Open quarterfinal last year, going down a break in the third set, absolutely demolishing a racket, of which one of the poor ball girls had to go and clean up after him. Monte Carlo, he had another meltdown against Cole Schreiber a couple of years ago, once again going down, I think, a break in the first set. Not great. More famously, he had his US Open disqualification where he struck a lineswoman in the neck with a ball that he hit. I do have to agree on this one. Probably a little bit accidental, but still in the wrong. And the list goes on. Probably breaking, you know, from about 10 to 12 rackets a a year and many, many meltdowns before that. One of the biggest things which has tarnished his career and his GOAT legacy, I believe, is the event of which he put on at the start of the pandemic. So I believe it was about April or May of last year in 2020. um, He put on an event called the Adria Tour. Now, in theory, it sounds great. There's no tennis being played. The ATP and WTA have been put on halt. Limited restrictions within Serbia due to the pandemic. um, Controversial. We won't get into that. Uh, However, Djokovic and his friend in Serbia put on a tour called the Adria Tour where they look to get in Players of the likes of Team Zverev, uh, Tsitsipas, Medvedev, of which they did get a few. Now, the idea sounds great in theory. However, the way they went about it, oof, not so good. Um, first of all, the safety implications put in place within the tournament by, by Djokovic, I don't believe they were up to scratch. Um for example, no face masks, no social distancing, etc. The biggest kickback from this tournament, however, was their infamous, infamous nights out. So there's been pictures, videos um, of Djokovic and a couple other players who I won't... I actually don't know who the other players are. Anyway, Djokovic night out in the clubs in the middle of a pandemic with his shirt off, dancing, people around on the drink not a very good look whether you'd see Roger and Rafa do this as well and put their name into disrepute I don't think so um, so yeah this for me the age tour of which he put on really cemented um, why Roger and Rafa are the goats of the sport not just because of what they do on the court but also their demeanour and their actions off the court Now, most recently, um, within the Olympics, and this is the biggest reason of which has spurred this podcast for me, um, a little bit of controversy, again, with Djokovic, but also with another athlete. So for those who don't know, Simone Biles, a U.S. gymnast, incredible gymnast, incredible person, pulled out of her initial events due to mental health concerns. So... Whether it was her feeling the pressure, she was anxious, um, whatever it was, she wasn't feeling well mentally, of which she pulled out of her first events and graciously let uh, her athletes before her who missed out on the spots compete. Um, So from that, an extremely gracious thing to do to accept her mental health issues, put someone else in who probably deserves it as much as her and also make it public. Um, that's not the problem. The problem for me was comments made after it, in particularly from Djokovic. So in Djokovic's, one of his press co- uh, post-match press conferences, he got asked indirectly about the issue of Simone Biles pulling out due to mental health concerns, and also probably relating to Naomi Osaka's battles at the start of the French Open. Um, also, she pulled out due to mental health battles, feeling the pressure from media and the press, all all well and good. Djokovic goes on to make a comment about Simone Biles and says, athletes need to be able to handle the pressure of... the pressure of sports, essentially. He didn't target it exactly towards Biles, but it was indirectly related to it, of which he made a comment about. Now... Fair enough if Djokovic goes on to say these things if he has an absolute unbelievable past in terms of his demeanor on court, his actions, his um, handling of situations under pressure, and also fair enough if he goes out the next day and plays an unbelievable match, puts on a mental showcase, a tennis showcase. However, he did not do that. After he made these comments about being able to handle the pressure, he went out. The day after, played his bronze medal match against Pablo Carino Busta. A class player. A class player in that. Um, Djokovic, a settle. Juice, in the first game of the third, um, tossed his racket into the stand after losing that juice point. Obviously, no crowds in Tokyo, so, you know, didn't injure anyone, didn't hit anyone, but his actions... And... Having said this, the umpire did not even give him a warning, which, anyway, we won't get into. Toss his racket, ended up losing that game. As Djokovic goes down 3-1, loses that another service game 4-1, as he's walking to the net post, smashes his racket against the net post, absolutely terrifying. The ball kid, the umpire, and with no disregard of anyone around him, smashes his racket, Receives a warning, of which he got it should have got a point deduction. An absolute ridiculous and ludicrous breakdown. Coming from the day previous, with his comments, you know, having said, athletes need, need to be able to handle the pressure of professional sport. And he goes out and does this. So this is, for me, a huge, huge conundrum for Djokovic in the GOAT debate. Definitely not ticking off my fifth criteria of their effect outside the sport. Um, we could go into Djokovic's actions, you know, and compare it to Kyrgios and, and Bublik and all, all of these other, you know, quoted, in quotation, bad boys of the game. But in Djokovic's position, with the big three race, with the GOAT debate, these actions and these comments from Djokovic are just absolutely ludicrous. Um, now, the question is, Is would you see Roger or Rafa do any of this? And I don't think so. Like I mentioned before, we did see Federer break a few rackets in his time before, before his first Grand Slam and as a teenager... Apparently, Federer was quite aggressive, boisterous, smashing rackets. He grew out of that as he grew into the professional tennis scene. However, Djokovic, 34 years of age, at the pinnacle of his career, still carrying on like this. For me, the legacy he leaves behind, there's no way this guy can be considered the GOAT of tennis. Unfortunately, like I said before, we don't have Gus. We don't have Gus, we don't have Matt. In the studio, however, I've got a couple questions for myself just to spice things up, just to finish with. Um, Two really big questions that I want to tick off with the Olympics and with the big three. Why was Djokovic beaten in the Olympics? As we saw a much weaker field compared to his years at Grand Slam. So this year's Olympics was actually the first year that tennis was best of three previous to Tokyo our the men's tennis side saw best of five matches so obviously within a best of three match the likelihood of a lower ranked player beat, competing and beating a high ranked player is, is much higher um, as we've seen in the past the big three are unbelievable over a five set match so that's one thing the second question as to finish off my podcast with a cheeky nibble What are the chances that all three finish on 20 grand slams? And who is there to stop Djokovic? I do think Djokovic has probably another two or three grand slams under his belt with probably Rafa in hot contention to take out the US and obviously the French Open for the next couple of years. But we also have the likes of some unbelievable young players coming through. Some of them not so young anymore in Zverev, Team, Medvedev, um, Shapovalov, all of which can potentially take on Djokovic at a Grand Slam. So it would be an incredible incredible feat if all three of these tennis players finish on 20 slams. I hope they do. It'll be an incredible story and we'll probably never see it again in the sporting world. But in terms of the GOAT, for me, Federer or Nadal. Take your pick. So to summarise everything from our GOAT debate today, for me, a GOAT within any discipline or any sport has to encompass five key things. Their team or individual accomplishments, the impact on their sport, personal statistics, longevity of success, and their effect outside of the sport. Of which the fifth attribute, I don't believe Djokovic adheres to. Once again, Thanks for listening and thanks for listening to my thoughts on the GOAT debate in the men's tennis world. Stay tuned for the next Cheeky Nibble where producer Frey is going to enlighten us about a new sport, a sport that some of the listeners may not be in touch with and a sport uh, that is new to the Olympics of Tokyo 2020. So stay tuned for that. It's going to be an absolute treat. Once again, thanks for listening and enjoy the rest of the 2020 Tokyo Olympics. We'll see you next time.